get started tonight. We remember all those that uh, are unable to be with us. Remember those that are traveling due to the holiday weekend. And then let's remember those that are sick. Um, remember the Tom family. I can't remember his said last name, but uh, uh, Sister Kenya's co-worker passed away. Remember them? And Sister Donna Fay, uh, Lynette has got a sleep test coming up 16th. Brother Mike will be here the 12th, 13th, and 14th. Remember him. Mariah's ultrasound on the 12th. Linda Cobbs, Tom Garrett, Brother Danny's sister, Vina, and then her family and the loss of her son Danny and his family. Uh, remember them, their family, Sister Mary surgery on her thyroid. Uh, Bill McAfee, uh, September the 8th, will be having surgery. Uh, or consultation. Uh, and then Carolyn Grimes, surgery on the 12th. So remember all of those in your prayers this evening. Any others? Stand with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this evening we thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be in your house. I ask you, Lord, draw us close to thee, one to another. Keep us safe and in thine hands, dear God, we pray. Lord, be with those unable to be with us. Dear God, speak to the hearts of those who just simply choose not to come. Lord, we pray tonight that we would just draw close to you. Lord, touch me. Uh, Father, just touch us, Lord, with this anointing of thy spirit. Help us, Heavenly Father, be what we need to be for thy name's sake. And we'll give you glory, Father. We'll give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen.
go ahead and grab your blue book and let's turn to page 183. 
Uh, go ahead and turn to page 209. Page 209. Go ahead and turn over to page 
Anyone else?
reached out and touched me, he made me whole. Well, when he reached out and touched me, he made me whole. You can, you can add to that just however you'd like to, but I will say that um, one day, by the grace of God, I was made whole, and uh, I'm thankful for that. You know, every so often I get bruises, I get some scratches, um, sometimes I get some knocks on my head, and, uh, but it's always good to know that the Lord is there. I was really sitting down in the car this morning, uh, getting ready to come to church, we drove the car down, and so uh, I'm not stiff-necked spiritually, but right now, physically, a little stiff-necked. And sometimes I might try to overcompensate, and Renetta was asking me if I did. I started to sit down in the car, and I hit my head right on the backside there. Uh, good thing it was the backside. It didn't knock anything loose. Uh, front side might hurt my teeth, but the backside, no damage done. Uh, but, you know, sometimes the Lord has to get a hold of us. And so at that time, you know, we just think about it. I've got, got your Bibles. Go Romans chapter 12. We were over here this morning, and I said if the Lord didn't change my mind, we would preach uh, on this again tonight, uh, kind of following uh, pursuit, I guess you might say. Uh, and this, this is titled To Be New. And maybe we could say this, to be the new old again might be a good thing to say because our Bible tells us to go back to the old ways and the old path. And, you know, this new way and this new path that they're trying to trot out today don't work for me. Um, boy, I tell you, some of my fellow ministers that have changed and doing things that uh, they wouldn't have done. I'm just telling you, when we started the ministry, I know all of us were what we would call bulldogs stuck in the mud preachers, according to some, because we, stick, we just stick to the King James. We stick to the old ways. We believe what the Bible said. We didn't try to modify it. Matter of fact, we got kind of mad at those who did. But as time has gone, it seems like the world has kind of pressurized folks and they begin to change a little bit, not thinking that a little change means too much. But I can tell you this, if you put baking soda into a, uh, a recipe that calls for baking powder, it doesn't turn out the same way. If you add more salt instead of more sugar on some things that calls for a cup of sugar. If you add a cup of salt instead of a cup of sugar, it doesn't turn out right. And so when you think about it that way, when you start adding to the Bible or you start changing up things, it doesn't turn out right. And so we need to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. We need to be made new because of what he's done to us and for us. And by the way, when we become new in him, we hold to the old the old ways. So again tonight, if you would stand, we'll go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll get right into uh, the message this evening. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for your blessings, Lord. Asking you, Father, tonight, help us to be that which we need to be and do that which we need to do. Dear God, I pray tonight that we would speak only that which you put on our hearts, nothing more and nothing less and leave nothing out. Dear God, I ask you this evening, just help me. Lord, I know tonight I need it. Help these that are here, dear God, to be what they need to be, Lord, and to do what they need to do. And dear God, I would that you'd send us more folks willing to work and willing to serve, God willing to show up at church. 
Help us, Heavenly Father, be and do what you'd have us to. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen, and amen. You may be seated this evening. It would be good to have a house full on Sunday night, and you say, Brother Arnie, uh, it doesn't happen that way. Can I tell you that there are a lot of churches, and brothers and sisters, you know this well, that don't have Sunday night service, and there's some older folks in their churches who says, Boy, I sure like to go to church on Sunday night. Uh, some pray God will some way help them to see that we have church Sunday night and they'll come here. Uh, not that I will steal them, but I'll sure borrow them on Sunday night. You know what I'm saying? Uh, don't, don't tell Brother Randall this, but if all of his church come over on Sunday night, it wouldn't bother me a bit. Uh, but I won't steal any of them, I promise. Uh, but anyways, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, now that right there says renewing, which means it once was new, uh, but it needs to be renewed. It needs to be reaffirmed or returned return to where it was, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There was a time in the church life when they were exactly doing that. They were proving uh, what was the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Their, their hearts and their minds were on those things, and, and they desired that. Matter of fact, I can tell you tonight, church, only because I, I was uh, uh, young enough or I'm old enough, however you want to look at it, but one time I was old enough, uh, young, young, and I was in church, and I understood what was going on there. I do remember, and I know I've talked about this a bunch, but I do remember church services where uh, the singing service would start or somebody would testify, uh, uh, somebody would do something, and next thing you know, the person up there, the man up there singing, I might start preaching. Uh, uh, somebody singing a song, and, and it didn't matter if it was a man or a woman singing there, but the spirit would move and, and, the, and the altars would fill up. And, and I, I just remember these days there, whenever I think about this, it really uh, breaks my heart to think that we're not still doing that today, that it doesn't happen uh, so often in that way. Uh, but, but can I tell you tonight, church, it's because we've transformed the thought process in our hearts and our minds. We're no longer uh, following after God. We're trying to uh, familiarize the spirit in the church. When I say that, uh, we try to uh, bring about this uh, end result. In other words, we want to uh, build the spirit up in the church. We want to have songs that uh, make us think, well, if we get this emotion stirred up, then this will happen. Or if we do that, this will happen. And sometimes even, and, and I, I don't want God to stop me from preaching uh, uh, with excitement and zeal. And sometimes I wish I had more excitement and more zeal. I mean, I'm a little high about it. But sometimes the preacher thinks that if he comes in, and I've thought this, uh, uh, with the right sermon, the right words, the right uh, uh, emotionalism there, that the church would uh, uh, get stirred up and things would happen. But the truth of the matter is this tonight, church. It says there uh, in this, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Uh, it's not something that I can do. It's something that God has to do. And if God doesn't do it, then it just doesn't work it out. And I'll tell you tonight, uh, the renewing mind today is not towards God, but away from God. It's going absent of what the Lord would have it to do. And I say absent, uh, going opposite of what the Lord would have it to do. Uh, the church today is not uh, focused on the will of God, the acceptable will of God, the perfect will of God, uh, the good will of God. Uh, it's just simply focused on getting in and getting out a lot of times, uh, not having to worry too much about it. And I will say 
how that in the old days that this would not be going this way. It would not happen this way. And I, and I honestly can tell you tonight, uh, friend, there was a lot of things that changed during COVID, but they didn't change because of COVID. They were changing before COVID, and COVID was a good excuse to let it change. That's what happened. The truth of the matter is. And so in Romans chapter 2 there, when he says, uh, be not conformed to this world, uh, he meant that the problem is the church conformed to the world and people conformed to the world. And those that don't are considered to be stuck in the mud. Uh, those that don't are considered to be uh, old timers. And by the way, there ain't nothing better than being an old timer. Uh, when it comes to the things of God. Uh, but friend, can I tell you this evening, truthfully, uh, we need to get back to those things and back to those ways because therein was the good way, uh, therein was the right way, and therein was God's way. That's the simplicity of it tonight. If you got your Bibles, just flip over a little bit there to the book of Titus. Look at what he says here in the book of Titus, the third chapter. He says, put them in mind to be subject unto principalities and powers to obey magistrates ready to be ready to do or to every good work. Now, if you go into Romans, it said the powers that God ordained were not to terror, but they were to rule. And that we should pray for those in authority over us. Can I tell you, there was a time in this country, and I will say this diligently, because there was a time in the country when the leadership of the country did not try to tear us away from God. Had a real aspect to point towards God. Ronald Reagan said, if we forget that we're one nation under God, we will be a nation gone under. We are a nation gone under. Now, whether you like Ronald Reagan or not doesn't really matter to me. He was there. He was a president. He wasn't perfect. He's a man just like any other. But the truth of the matter is this. He had a very strong saying right there. And today they're trying to tear God out of everything. God is only good whenever they want to institute God to, to try to say, well, if you, you want to be pleasing to God, you have to do this program. And by the way, can I tell you that resonates through the churches because today churches say, well, if we're going to do anything for God, we got to institute this program. Well, why not reinstitute the Bible? I mean, be honest about it. The Bible was in school at one time because it was the school teacher, the master. It was the curriculum book. No longer today, the Bible is unacceptable. But anyways, he goes on, speak evil of no man. To be no brawler, but gentle, showing all, all meekness unto all men. And I'm going to tell you, the church needs to learn how to do that. All right, point it on my own head. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another. We're all human. We've had these characters in us. It's things that we did. But when we put on Christ, we're no longer to be like that. He says that in verse 4. But after the kindness and the love of God and our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, but which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. We need a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. 
I mean, just think about it this way. A fresh anointing would turn us into a different place. It would take us to a different uh, uh, attitude of service. It would bring us back, I would say this, bring us back not to the old days, but to the old ways. It would bring us back to where we desired to walk in righteousness. We desired to walk in fellowship with the Spirit. We desired to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. We desired to have services where the Spirit of God had its way and the attitude of the hearts and the minds of those that were there was that God would do something special that day. Uh, God would move. And matter of fact, uh, when God began to move, people uh, didn't sit there and look at it in astonishment, but rather uh, they began to allow it to work a little more. And the moving of the Holy Ghost in a church service used to cause uh, not a ruckus, but an outpouring. And the outpouring wasn't of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was already outpouring there. Uh, the outpouring was the hearts and the minds of the people getting things right with God. And so they poured out their hearts before God. A beautiful thing that would transpire and happen. He said, not by works of righteousness. We're so righteous today, we don't even realize we're in trouble. Not me, pastor. I don't need that. Not me, I don't need that. I don't do that. Lord, I, I'm just telling you tonight, church, that, that we'll tell the Lord, we'll say, Lord, I'm not like them. We'd be just like the Pharisees standing off. I praise God, I'm not like them. And yet instead, we need to be like the, the publicans sitting in the corner saying, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. So by the renewing of the Holy Ghost, we need a renewing in our hearts and our minds, we need a renewing in the Spirit of God. David said this in Psalms 51 and 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. A right spirit. I, I'm telling you, the wrong spirit's guiding a lot of folks today who's supposed to be Christians. The wrong spirit's guiding a lot of churches today that are supposed to be Christian churches, supposed to be talking about Jesus and preaching Jesus and talking... I, I, I don't mean to get off too far there, but can I, can I tell you this? That there's, there's things that rub me wrong about, about a lot of things. And if I was to stand up here tonight and say, God gave me this, and God gave me that, and God gave me this, and God gave me that, and then turn around and tell you how good I am about getting things from God. That's wrong. But then most of the time, people say this, well, I did this, and I did that. I, I, I don't like it when songwriters get up and say, I wrote this song, and I made this, and I did that. And, and, and it just drives me insane. And, and today, even, and I've said this before, we've had groups call us and say, we'd love to come by and, and put on a concert for you. I don't need a concert. I need worship. I need God glorified. I, I tell you, the church is trying to be entertained today instead of being saved. And David said this because his heart was not right. He was not right. He had done things wrong. He was not, not, not where he needed to be in this, that. But he was getting back there. And so he said to the Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's what we need in our churches today. Then you can find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you go back actually a little further there, I was in preparation for this tonight. I wanted to go all the way back into uh, verse 11 here. He said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. It's kind of like this. 
if we know the truth, we ought to persuade men to come to the truth. But in today's society, because we know the truth, the Bible, or know of the truth, and we change the truth, we no longer try to persuade men to come to God's way. We go to the world way and then persuade people that we're all right. I'll say it tonight because it's the truth. You tell somebody, get into the King James Bible, and they'll start telling you why they can't read it. And instead of saying to them, the truth of the matter is this, the Bible says that if our, if the, if our gospel be hid, is hid to them that are lost, whom the God of this world is blind in the eyes. And, and, and you know what, you say something like that, they get offended. But, but the truth of the matter is this, when you tell me you cannot read the explicit word of God that God gave us to show us salvation, there is something wrong inside the heart inside the mind and there's even preachers today who will tell you they cannot preach the king james because they do not understand the king james or it doesn't read just right and so they go off and they read these other versions and when they read the other versions they're not right because the other version tells me that a son of the gods was in the bible but my bible tells me the son of god was in there in the fiery furnace so i'll say tonight be careful. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we commend not ourselves unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that we may have somewhat to answer them that glory in appearance and not in heart. There's a problem when we put on the show. And that's all we get today a lot of times is the show. Not, not to the heart of the matter, just the show. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is unto God, or whether we be sober, it is, un, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constrain us, because we thus judge that one died for all, then all were all dead. Jesus died for all, because all were dead. And that he died for all, that they which that they which live should henceforth live unto themselves, but, excuse me, should, henceforth, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Can I tell you, church, tonight, that we're supposed to be living for Jesus? That's the simplicity of the matter. That's what we should persuade me. Remember, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. That's living to Jesus. That's living unto God. That's not living unto yourself. And yet the church today tells us to live the way we want to. Without saying it in those words, they just say it like this. Hey, you're all right because the grace of God abounds. And where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. But can I tell you there that the apostle John, when he was John the Baptist, was down there in the river, he said, you know what? Behold the Lamb of God who slew I'm not worthy. But he told the publicans, the, the Pharisees, he said, bring forth me worthy of repentance. And then he called them a bunch of vipers. Think about it, church. That we should live henceforth, should not live unto ourselves, but unto him, unto Jesus. It's not all right. 
to live ungodly. It's not all right to go drinking on Friday night and then come and play at the piano on Sunday at the church. It's not all right to be singing the country songs in the bar on a Friday, Saturday night than to stand up and lead the worship service on a Sunday morning. It's just not all right, church. I'm, I'm telling you for a fact this evening we've accepted things that we ought not accept. Just because people can play good, just because they can sing good, does not mean they are good. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Why? Because he's renewed. He's been brought to the place that he needs to be. And he says, all things are passed away. They are passed away. They're not there anymore. Paul said that he had a messenger of Satan that buffeted him because of the very fact that he gave his life to the Lord. The devil buffeted him daily after him. And if you stop to think about it, people deal with that. But in the same aspect of this, it because of some of the things they do, because of who they are in Christ Jesus, the devil wants to stop them from being what they need to be. They are new creatures in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, which means that when Jesus saves you, the, the things that were holding you down are not holding you any longer. They may come after you. They may tempt you. Or they may The devil may throw them out there, but they're not holding you anymore. I tell people all the time, they don't believe me, that's, that's up to them, but I, I, I drank and I drank and I drank, and then God said to me, that's not what I got for you in life, so I quit drinking, but I always had an urge to drink, but when I got saved, I no longer had an urge to drink, it did not come and haunt me anymore, it was not there anymore, I wish that I could say every sin was like that, but that one was gone done, over with, out of the way. It does, it does not haunt me today. It's not there. There's not a temptation for it. It doesn't matter. When I, it's like I said here a few weeks ago. I will not pause and give you a gap to turn left into a liquor store. I don't think you need to go there. So I'm sure not going to give you the gap to go there. Galatians chapter 6 verse 15 says, For this, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision developed anything, or uncircumcision, but a new creature. In order to avail the things that we need to, we got to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. Then if you go over to Psalms chapter 33. Psalms chapter 33. I won't be able to cover all these tonight, so I'll give you the notes. You can read them at home. In verse 1 it says this, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is calmly from the upright. Can I tell you real quickly tonight, if you're not up, Right. In other words, if you're not right with the Lord, you're not praising God, you're making a lot of noise. There, there, is a, there is a definite difference between praising God and just uh, what we call showing out. I, I, I've said this before in churches. There, there, there's always, I, I, I can tell you for a fact, if you're right with the Lord, you will understand whether or not the service is a show off or the service is a show up. In other words, they're just showing off, but 
other, other than this, if it's really right, it's good, that means you're showing that God showed up. You understand the place of the action that took place there. Christians can understand the truth from fiction. If they're right in their heart, if they're right in their heart. Praise is calmly from the upright. God knows the difference between true worship and true praise than put on. Praise the Lord with harp, singing a hymn with the psaltery and instruments of ten strings, singing a hymn a new song. Now, now I want to focus on that in just a minute. Playing, singing a hymn, a, excuse me, a new song, play skillfully with, with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loves righteousness and judgment, and the earth, excuse me, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of goodness, of the, of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the, by the breadth of his mouth. And, and I won't read the rest of that out there. But, but you see how God has done a wonderful work. It's full of God. And, and then we get back to this aspect here. It says this, singing to him a new song. We sang the song. There's a new name written down in glory, right? And it's mine. But we also sing the song that angels cannot sing. Why? Because those that are lost are lost, never to be redeemed. And those that are, are still serving God will never understand what it is to be lost and be redeemed. But you and I understand what it is to be lost and be redeemed. Moses understood what it was uh, to be on one side, uh, trapped up with Egypt, and be on another side, uh, separated from Egypt. Uh, Moses understood what it was to be on the back side of the desert there, uh, trying to figure out what God had, and then to be on the right side where God had done things. And, and we find there that when Moses and the children of Israel have come across there, they sung a song of rejoicing. David sung a song of rejoicing. And you and I in the scripture tonight are allowed to sing a new song. And the new song we can only sing when we've been saved. It only happens to the one who's got the created clean heart, who's been renewed. So we go on there. We look a little further down into Psalms chapter 40. Again, going over there because we want to read verse 1. It said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. We no longer wait on the Lord today. We want to drive through. Give it to me now. When the drive through line is too long at one of the restaurants we go to, unless we just got our minds set on it, we go to another one. And I'll just be honest with you today. If God doesn't give people what they want when they want it, they try something else. They don't stick with God and wait on the Lord. They're not patient with God, uh, knowing that God does the things the right way. And, and you know, uh, it, it, we have this deal. Uh, uh, we'll say stuff like, well, maybe there was a reason. Uh, when you can't do something, when you want to do something, and, and, you know, maybe there's a reason why you couldn't go do that. And we like telling that to people there, and, that, and especially our kids. Uh, uh, we'll, they'll, they'll get mad because they couldn't go somewhere, and uh, they, they're upset about it. And we'll say, well, maybe God has a reason. But I'm going to tell you something. We can say it to them real easy, but it's hard to hear it ourselves sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We no longer want to wait. The reason we don't want to wait is because we're stuck in the mode of me instead of the mode of him. He said this, I waited patiently for the Lord. 
He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. We'll study on Wednesday nights. The Lord doesn't change us. Uh, we'll study the rock, or a, the rock, and the rock is Jesus. But he said, upon a rock, Jesus, a rock, certainty is pronounced in that scripture. Verse 3, and he hath put a new song. Why is there a new song? Because God done the work. Do, do you understand, if you go back a few scriptures where we were in chapter 30, look at what he says here. Rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous, for praise is calmly for the upright. Praise the Lord with the heart. Sing unto him with a psaltery uh, and the instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully on a loud, loud, with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done. He loveth righteousness and judgment. You and I have the opportunity to sing, but when I jump over here and I read this here, he said, he had put a new song in my mouth, even the praise of our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. And I'll just tell you tonight, church, when God does the work, when God does these things, we begin to love waiting on the Lord and allowing God to work. Then there's something new that happens. We sing a new song. We also sing it a new way. You ever thought about that? Now it's not how good I am, but how good he is. It's not about how great I can do this. It's about how great he is that's done what he's done to me. And, I, and I'll be honest with you tonight. There are times when I, man, I thought, boy, if I can get to church this morning, I, I've just got the singing voice and to get to church, and I don't have the singing voice. i got the crackle voice, and nothing's coming out. But in my heart, there's a melody. Because the Spirit of God's working in me. That's what God's looking for in the church. We go on over to the book of Isaiah. We'll read a few there. I really got to skip through some things, though. I'm not going to get done. Isaiah 62 and, 62 and 2. And the Gentiles shall see the righteousness, and all the kings the gl thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. I mean, tell you, church, there's going to be something special goes on one of these days. By the way, the words uh, a new, two, two words, a new, is found 49 times in Scripture. Study your Bible numbers, 49, 7 times 7, God's completeness. And, and then 44 chapters in the Scripture. I love it. You can't mess up these things four times 11, right? The gospel, the 11 disciples, we, we know this. You say, Brother Ernie, there was 12, there was 11 of them that stuck true. And then you go 24 books, four times six. Again, the gospel, the number of men. We find that this word was written to you and I. You and I are the ones who need uh, to be new. In Ezekiel, so now I'll jump past that. Ezekiel chapter 30, or verse 36, chapter, excuse me, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, says this. A new heart also hath thou given. A new heart also hath thou given. Think about God told them that he would take out the stony heart and he would give them a new heart, a, a fleshly heart, a soft heart. It wasn't a heart for the flesh, but it was a soft heart to replace the old stony heart. I, I'm just to be honest with you. Sometimes uh, people who claim to be Christians got a hard heart and need that heart to be refreshed and Fleshed up a little bit there. 
so that they got a soft heart. And a soft heart does not make us cowards, but it makes us tender towards God. There's a difference there. He's also going to go a new spirit. Now you say, Brother Ernie, what's wrong with the old spirit? Well, I need a new spirit. The spirit that I have before I'm saved is not the same one I have after I'm saved. God does a work. It's cleaned. It's done right. He said, well, I put in you a new attitude is in me. And I will take away the old stony heart out of, out of your flesh. I will give you a heart of flesh. He, he's doing it there, Charles and I. Jump ahead, not reading my scriptures all the way through there, but, but he's doing the work there. He's making the change there. If you jump down to 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says this, Purge out therefore the old leaven. Can I, can I tell you, we're trying to hold on to old leaven in the church instead of purging out the old leaven. We're trying to stay in the way that we are without getting too far uh, from, from the things that need to be uh, there and, I, and I'll just say this tonight uh, we're allowing leaven in that shouldn't be there and I, and I thought about this the scripture there uh, where Jesus said you don't pour new wine into the old wine skin hey church you don't take old no good for nothing leaven and you put it in a batch of things that work and by the way there the Bible says he that leaveneth leaveneth the whole lot so there's a whole lot goes on with leaven when you stop to think about that one purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. Why do we unleaven bread during communion? Think about that, church. Bible doesn't say I can't eat leavened bread. Doesn't say I can't have a good loaf of bread, one that rises nice and well. But at certain times of the years, the Israelites were not supposed to be eating leavened bread. They were to purge out and leave the leaven out. And they, they had unleavened bread. And, and we're still recognizing that time of unleavened. But the real representation of the unleavened is getting rid of the sin in our lives. Just because we eat unleavened bread one time a year does not mean that we don't have sin there. We ought to be fighting against sin. Just stop and think about that one for a minute. Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to think about something. We always look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, 25 rather. Ain't nothing wrong with those two verses. We'll read them in just a second. Verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You can't get a new mind. You can't be transformed can't get a clean heart, can't get a renewed eye spirit until you have the blood applied. It just don't work any other way. But look at what he said there, by a new and living way. Can, can I tell you something, church? There's, there's something said right there that, that I'll be honest with you up until just now, even reading it again, that I wasn't getting before. But, but we have the new covenant. I, I got that part of it. But, but look at what the next words, and living way. See, before in the Old Covenant, the animals would come through and they would be slaughtered, killed, however you want to talk about it, prepared. They'd be put on the altar. Uh, certain things would be burnt. Certain things would be thrown away. Certain things would be ate uh, by the priest there. there. There was things God had all kinds of ways that they do it. 
But in the end, what was wrong? What, what was that animal? Dead. He's a dead animal. But now we have a, a different. Having therefore boldness, brethren, let us enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. What's the song we sing? God's not dead. He's still alive. Think about it. Jesus is not dead. He's still alive. We'll sing again in that song. Up from the grave, he arose, he arose. And, and, and we, we did, he's a new, it's a new living way. Jesus went through, made all the sacrifice that needed to be made. And yet when he died, he rose again. That's a living way. The animals that died in the Old Testament are dead. But not Jesus, which he hath consecrated, consecrated in it for us through the veil, that is to say, of his, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Church, I'll tell you something. Preachers need to read that verse of Scripture again, and church members need to read that verse of Scripture again, and remember what it used to be. Without wavering meant don't change from the way God has already set it up and established it. Don't move. Don't waver. And by the way, it doesn't matter. We, we got the old saying, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. And the truth is, we know this, words do hurt, right? But the fact of the matter is this, I would rather be called old-fashioned, stuck in the mud, than to be one of these new people who don't know what it is to really serve God, but they get caught up in emotionalism and never get their hearts truly saved. They walk out just as lost as they walked in. The only difference now is the preacher tells them they're all right. By the way, I like to have a preacher, not a life coach. You know who I'm talking about. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. I will say, keep doing what you're doing, church. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's Bible. That's not earnest. That's Bible. You know, I, I really, I, I, I hated Wednesday night that I could not get off work on time to do service. It, it bothers me, church. I don't care if I am doing it online. It bothers me that I could not get off and get home and take care of service. That's like forsaking. You say, well, Brother Ernie, your, your ox was in the ditch. I know it's in the ditch. And I'm sure praying God somehow give me a new ox. But you know, people, it, it don't bother them. Oh boy, now I can do what I want to. I was going to do it anyways. I was just going to act like I was listening. Now I don't have to feel guilty because they're not, they're not there. You know how many times folks, they, they really don't want you, they don't want to go to church. 
How do you know that? Because, you know, there's sometimes people just think, are we having church tonight? Can you think of any good reason we shouldn't? I mean, I, I try to be mindful if we have, like Christmas, I think this year's on Sunday. Am I right? I think it's on Sunday. I'm off Friday and I'm off Monday, so it's got to be on Sunday. We will have Christmas service Sunday morning. I'm mindful to the family, and, and I'll let you out Sunday night. But, but I will have somebody say, are we going to have church on Sunday morning? It's Christmas. If you're celebrating the birth of Christ, you ought to be in the house of God at least one time. I mean, after all, if you have a birthday party, you show up to it to have one, don't you not? So yes, right up front, we will have service. Sunday morning, Christmas, if Christmas is on Sunday. Now, if July the 4th is on a Sunday, I'll say this. We'll be here Sunday morning and evening. If you can't make it back, that's okay. We'll still be here. It's not to not be anything less with family, but can I just tell you, if I let you out of here at 5 o'clock or even 5.30 on a Sunday evening, you got plenty of time to eat a hamburger or a hot dog and still be ready for fireworks when it gets dark. It don't get dark at 5 o'clock. It just don't. Not forsaking ourselves. Hey, church, he just said by a new and living way, he created a new and living way for us, and we're supposed to be going his way, not our way. And yet today we're going the world's way instead of his way, and we wonder what's happening. In Revelations 2, 17, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a a." a white stone, and in the stone a new name, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Now, go back over into Isaiah. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all the kings of thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name. God, God's got a plan, church. It's not simple. It's not complicated. But he's got a plan. And so we'll receive a stone that has a new name written in it, which no man knoweth, saveth he that receiveth it. Then, then we go on down here again in verse chapter 5, verse 9. And they sung a new song. He's talking about those that are in heaven there, those that are redeemed, those that are born again, those that have made it. And here's the deal. We're singing this song. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. To God by thy blood out of the kindred, uh, by out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Can I tell you, I was thinking about this on the way over here tonight. We are really, there's not a separation by anything outside of this. The world is separated from God by their sin, and the Christian is joined unto God because of Jesus Christ's righteousness. The only separation we really have is whether we're lost or not. Bible doesn't care about skin color. The Bible doesn't care about language. The Bible doesn't care about where you live. It only cares about whether you're saved or lost. If 
the church today could get that, just imagine what would happen. And they sung a song as were a new song before the throne. A lot of new stuff takes place in heaven. Last place is found in scripture. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I will say this, this is where the, the uh, oh, what do you call them people, the environmentalists get it right. This world is going to burn up, but it ain't going to burn up because of greenhouse gases, church. It's going to burn up because God's going to purify it. That's why it's going to burn up. And you know what? If you get a new heart created in the likeness of Christ Jesus, you'll quit worrying about environmentalist things, not to say that we ought to neglect it. Hey, don't cut down trees just to cut down a tree and hear it fall. But we'll quit worrying about those things. We'll start worrying about whether or not folks are lost or saved. Church needs to get focused on that. And remember, we're supposed to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. Would you stand with us this evening? Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for the blessings you give us, Lord. I know tonight, dear God, that, Father, it just seems like every time we stand, no matter how it is, just can't do you justice. Can't do your word justice. God, I would tonight that though every heart that hears, Father, would just understand this evening, Lord, how important you're supposed to be to us in our lives. And Lord, if we really want to be new, we've got to be in you. There's no way to be a new creature without you. And Lord, when we're new, we're not going to trans conform to this world, but we're going to transform because we're going to have the renewed mind. Father, our hearts are going to be set to you. Our minds are going to be set to you. We're going to be worried about what it what you would have us to do. Lord, I just pray tonight, Father, that you'd help us to be what we need to be, do that which we need to do. Keep us safe and protect us, dear God, we pray. Touch those that are unable to be with us, Lord. Again, we pray tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.